never, ever marks this spot. I am altering the deep. Pray I don't alter it any further. Most of the intelligence community doesn't believe he exists. The ones that do call him the Winter Soldier. I'm Batman. Dracaris. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast who sleeps in a bed that looks like a car, but it's a freaking sweet car. Um, my name is Drew Beer, host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother Peter. Here. Hey, man. Um, hey, how's it going? So, I woke up this morning, and the first thing, uh, I, I always turn on the news when I get up in the morning, and I kind of turn it on, I lower the volume a little bit, and then I wander into the kitchen so I can listen to the news while I make my breakfast in the morning. It's kind of part of my morning routine. Yeah. Uh, I'm sitting there listening to the news and I always listen for the weather and the weather pops up and I watch it real quick and I pause and the couple stories right along. These are the (laughs) three stories back to back. And this just made me laugh that I'm like, did anyone not see that this was a weird thing? So in a world of COVID and all the COVID stuff popping up, we have the first story is COVID cases in the NFL may cause the NFL to shut down for the season. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I think we all saw that coming. Next, right. next story. Out, COVID outbreak in Wisconsin causes um, <laughs> uh, new field hospital to be opened in Milwaukee. Okay, that's kind of scary because we're now opening field hospitals again. <laughs> yeah. Right after those two stories, Miami Dolphins football stadium opening for in opening to full capacity next game. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty great. That's pretty funny. Um, uh, I. What happened to them playing in a, within a bubble, though? Is that is that still a thing, or was that a different league? <laughs> Dude, I don't know. Okay. I, um, <laughs> I just thought it was really funny. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know what to say about that, but it is a, like a hilarious just uh, sequence of news stories. So there, it, there you it, go. It really was. Um, so anyway, how about this? What are we watching? What are we reading? Let's jump into stuff. We got some decent news stories to talk about. So uh, uh, let's just kind of roll with it. So yeah, yeah. Well, that's great to hear because I honestly haven't watched or read much. Um, honestly, mostly just more American Horror Story. Um, right now, I'm almost through the first season, which I'm enjoying quite a bit. Like uh, as I mentioned before, the only season of the show that I tried to watch before, like all the way through was the uh, Roanoke season, uh, my Roanoke night- nightmare. And everybody says that that is the worst season. <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of funny. So uh, watching act- watching it actually straight through on a binge, um, I actually got quite into the story, which is pretty great. Uh, the only thing I'm disappointed with uh, the first season so far, which I'm, al- I'm almost done with, honestly, I think I only have an episode or two left, but I found that, I was really happy at the beginning of the season that they had, especially the first two episodes, they actually had a lot of jump scares and there was a lot of like just really frightening stuff. And 
I don't know that I've been that scared for a while. And I think it's just because once you realize that a lot of the characters are ghosts and you kind of, uh, you kind of realize, I guess that's a huge spoiler. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry for spoiling a show that's seven years old. But uh, once you realize they're ghosts, uh, there's like not as much mystery left. And uh, for some reason it just got a lot less scary, but I am enjoying uh I am enjoying it overall, and I'm looking forward to going through some next some new seasons. But uh, there's a lot of other shows and stuff that are coming out that I want to watch, <laughs> so I'm worried I'm going to get distracted as well. Um, have you have you watched anything cool or anything like that? I didn't watch anything. Oh, okay, uh, nice. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> let me explain. Um, so like I said, like I said last week, I kind of, I've been doing this like DC, like movie binge where like, I've been like sitting there like poking around on HBO max and like, before I go to bed and I'm like, what haven't I watched yet? And like, I've seen a lot of them before, but some of them I haven't seen in a really long time. So like I watched, uh, uh, Batman sub zero, which is, uh, much, oh, man. More closer, much more closer to the Batman animated series. So like, I guess the original of the timeline, first off, I forgot how good that was. Secondly, I forgot how short that was. It's literally like a two episode. It's like they took two episodes and released it as a DVD movie. Um, huh. um, but secondly, it's, it was like good in terms of like, I forgot how much I appreciated the Batman animated series. And I know I talk about it ad nauseum on this show and I'm always trying to be like, everyone needs to see this. Um, just, uh, it's, it was just a fantastic watch, and it just makes me ache for more, I guess, uh, which is kind of funny because all that stuff's over. I could just have it at my fingertips to watch. Um, yeah. But the reason I didn't watch anything is because I've actually been reading a bunch. Um, oh, cool. So I've been playing on my Xbox a lot of uh, The Division 2. Uh, Tom Clancy's The Division 2, which is, I explained it before, it's about a killer virus that basically releases, um, that gets, it's like a bioweapon that gets released and shuts the world down, and then the Division agents are activated, and they're basically going in to protect things and whatnot. Um, so, in true Tom Clancy fashion, there's a novel. So, I've been reading that novel, and it's fantastic. Um, what's interesting about it is it's kind of like... Um, I would liken it to The Walking Dead without zombies. Okay. Probably the best way to word it because there's a killer virus, there's a bioweapon virus that released, killed, wiped out all these people. Everyone's now trying to pick up the pieces and survive. And there's the dangerous people, there's the good people. You know what I mean? It's it it really feels like The Walking Dead in the Tom Clancy universe without zombies, and everything's like super practical. Yeah. Uh, well, I and, mean, the book, in the and the book death, reads so. the book reads that way too. The game is very much a Tom Clancy video game, but the book reads that way, and it's really cool. So that's awesome. Um, I was just gonna say, in The Walking Dead, like it gets to the point where it's all the uh, humans and the other tribes and groups and stuff end up being the main antagonists all the time, and the zombies are, you know, they're just kind of there. So it kind of makes. It doesn't sound like it would be that bad if there wasn't the zombies there. It still sounds like you could do some really interesting stories. Um, right. And just like the whole like post-apocalyptic like survival genre is really fascinating anyways. Yeah. Um, but yeah, go on. No, it, there's not much more to it. I'm almost done with it. It's just really good. Um, I didn't, you know, I usually don't read video game related. Like I read some of the Halo books, but I usually don't read the video game 
related novels very often. Yeah. And this one just kind of was like, I was like, well, I'm enjoying the game. And then something popped up on some feed about the division novel. I was like, wait, what? So yeah, I just thought I'd give it a shot because why not? You know? Um, but yeah, so I, the, the other, go ahead. Oh no. The other thing is anytime I hear somebody talk about the division now, I'm just going to think of uh, your son saying to you, you and the division. Why do you think the division is so cool? What's the big deal with the division? <laughs> well, because he comes in and he's like, "You want to play Fortnite?" And I'm like, "No, I'm doing, I'm doing, yeah. this. I'm doing this right now." <laughs> yeah, I just um, I just thought it was like because we were at a family get together recently, and uh, I just thought it was so funny. You started talking about it, and then he's just like, well, you know, "Oh my god, you and the division. What's the big <laughs> deal with the division?" In the realm where you're talking video games and everyone's like, well, I'm playing this right now and all that stuff. You know, it was just kind of funny. Like, well, this is what I'm playing right now. And then, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I've been reading a lot of uh, D&D lore, actually, uh, because I've been doing game prep um, stuff. So that's the only reason I haven't really watched anything new question, quote unquote. Um, and this, I mean, there's really not a lot of new stuff to watch, which is sad. Um so that being said, do you want to roll into news? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay, because uh, there's a bunch of news. So let's talk about the um, let's talk about what I just said. There's not a lot of new stuff to watch. And uh, direct Wonder Woman director Patty Jenkins, in an interview with uh, the Hollywood Reporter, was talking about the theater shutdown. Um, and I, she made an interesting comparison. So I wanted to kind of start with this one. Um, she says that if we shut this down, as in the theaters, this will not be a reversible process. Uh, we could lose movie theater going forever. Um, while theater attendance has rebounded in some countries following a global shutdown in March, the U.S. market is struggling. And if more cinemas are getting closed after Regal owner Cineworld decides to shut its venues amid a lack of Hollywood films... The director suggests it could be the kind of thing that happened to the music industry where you would crumble the entire industry by making it something that can't be profitable. Now, there is a book. I do not remember the title of it. I apologize. I would honestly have to do some searching to find out. But it is all about how the music industry systematically destroyed itself. Um, meaning the um, and what's interesting about that statement is that the music industry um, kind of destroyed itself in the terms where it's it got the uh, it got Napster and iTunes and all this stuff and everything became online streaming. And then you basically like music videos basically kind of went. I mean, music videos are still shot, but they're basically like have gone away. Um, right. And music consumption is like you're not looking at album sales anymore. You're looking at individual song sales and like everyone, you know, everything gets pirated. So the music industry kind of destroyed itself and allowing certain things to happen. And then it's just not the same anymore. Um, with movie theaters closing, where are these movies going to end up? Netflix. Disney Plus, HBO Max, like these streaming services, and they're not going to make the box office dollars. They're not going to make the returns. We've talked about this before. What's going to happen to Black Widow when Black Widow is a $200 million movie? They are not making any of that back. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're yeah. barely scratch, like, barely scratch the surface if they get anything back. So it's just an interesting world we live in. And I was 
to read some of her quotes from the article, like those are the ones I wanted to pull apart out of the article, but to read some of the quotes from that interview kind of scared me in the sense that you and I could be like really scratching our heads for stuff to talk about on our show. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, I hope you got some cool ideas coming, but um, <laughs> we, we could really be scratching the surface. Like, man, what do you watch? Well, uh, I'm making a run of Game of Thrones again. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, I, I will say, like, I do think there's a lot of content out there that's just already been published that I haven't had the chance to watch, read, play, oh. whatever. So I do think even Absolutely. if they stopped making new stuff, like, just cut and dry, they just, like, no new media is made. I still feel like I could go years still finding, you know, old indie comic books that I've never heard of or, you know, digging up different book series and stuff. I do have faith we'd have stuff to still talk about. Um, I also feel that I do, I do agree that especially like huge movie studios are running into like a big dilemma with this as well as the theater industry. But I do think that there's a lot of indie creators, um, indie filmmakers, uh, authors, um, you know, comics and stuff. A lot of this stuff is still going to be still be able to be made and we'll still have a chance to talk about it. Um, it is very worrying. I think Patty Jenkins is right that if movie theaters close down, they might not open up. You know, we have in the U S uh, we have like this big movie theater infrastructure that's here right now, but if nobody supports them, that could go away. Um, kind of everything you said, there's a lot of, a lot to unpack there. Um, I do have faith too, that like, even if like all the big movie theater chains shut down, I do think it would still be a niche thing. I do think there would be like, you know, movie theaters would become like record stores now where there's still record stores out there, but they're a little bit more of a niche, like niche holes in the wall. And you get the real, you know, vinyl collectors and enthusiasts that are still going to record shops while most people are just uh, streaming music on Spotify and stuff like that. So yeah. it's kind of, uh, I think there's a, a big enough movie going community that's still going to keep that feeling alive. Um, but I do think that, I think Patty Jenkins is absolutely right. Like if we don't support especially the movie theaters, I think are probably struggling the most. If we don't support them, um, you know, they might go away. And I don't really know what to say about that. Cause I know a lot of people don't feel comfortable going to the movies yet. So it's kind of hard to say like people should be doing this. It's, it's kind of a catch 22. Um, and it, it is very concerning. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> there's like so much to unpack about this issue though like i feel like we could go on for a whole show about what we think will happen and stuff like that oh i don't um, want to speculate i support the industry and i'm always one of those people that's like you know i could i could whine and moan about how i'm not a big fan of the idea that we're going to get 12 avatar movies but my butt's going to be in the seat for them if i can um yeah absolutely um so yeah um that's really all I had on that. I just wanted to bring it up because I thought it was interesting, especially your comparison to the music industry. Um, so, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's that is true. But I think um, I mean, I don't know, but I feel like people pay for streaming services more than pirating music nowadays. I could be wrong because I don't have the stats, but that's the general vibe that I kind of uh, get from everybody that I talk to um, and like. 
I think it's cool that like you can have Apple Music or Spotify and just at your fingertips have like any album by any band you want uh, for the most part. I think that's a really cool thing. So I know the movie industry is going through a really hard time, but fingers crossed, maybe some cool stuff might be able to come out of the struggle they're having. Who knows? You know, um, I know. Yeah, <laughs> that's really all I can say. I'm just trying to be as optimistic as possible, really. Yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. Okay, um, I'm going to give you a pick. You get to choose. Are we doing uh, DC, Marvel, or random, or Star Wars? <laughs> oh, man. Um, let's do I random. One, I, I got one Star Wars story, or two no, let's, and the rest is... We were already talking about Patty Jenkins, so we could go into DC, I guess. DC news it is. Okay, um, DC is getting... Uh, all right. So the first story that I pop that I pop saw was the Batman has been delayed until 2022. Um, I am, Ooh, well, I'm, okay. not, I'm not shocked by this at all because of the COVID news I talked about at the beginning of the show. And then Patty Jenkins statements. And then this is a movie that they do not want to release unless they can release it in theaters because all the adver- advertisements say only in theaters. <laughs> yeah. So. The Batman gets a move to 2022. However, it's adjusted all of the Warner Brothers release schedule. So it makes it pushed back Dune. It changed Matrix, Batman, Flash, Shazam, Black Adam. They're all getting new dates. Um, I can read off all the dates, but as far as I'm concerned, we're, I mean, I can read off the dates if you guys want, but um Everything's getting pushed back, so we're not seeing any of these movies anytime soon, which makes it really hard to talk about a lot of the news tonight because some of these things get me really excited for things that are coming, but it's yeah. hard to get excited for movies that I may never get a chance to see <laughs> in a very long time. Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking with <laughs> the Batman, uh, just with the Batman, because we got that trailer, and the trailer was so good and so awesome and like i know it was still a while before we were going to get to see it but just hearing that it's going to take even longer to actually see it it just it sucks and like i'm kind of worried there's going to be a trend because like the other movies you you mentioned like dune and even black adam we got a kind of a weird teaser for they might not be dropping more trailers for these for a long time if they're not releasing very soon and uh it might make our news segments shorter on the show because it's like we can't talk about the new trailers that came out and stuff like that. So it's just I know. overall, this is uh yeah, this is all kind of a bummer. <laughs> I know. Not That's trying to it, be negative. But. No, you're not. It's completely understandable. Okay. There's one more DC story, and this I thought was kind of this kind of made me chuckle. Yeah. Uh, there's an animated kids Batmobile series coming to HBO Max. Um, the show is called Bat Wheels. Oh, okay. Now, I read a little bit more into this because if you look at the picture, there's one image that got released of the Batmobile itself for the yeah. for the show Bat Wheels. If you look at the picture that got released of the Batmobile, this honestly looks like someone said, hey, why don't we do, like, superhero cars? So imagine... Yeah, that's- Imagine the movie what Cars. I yeah, imagine the movie Cars, but superheroes. So, like, this is the Batmobile with, like, a face on it, like Lightning McQueen. <laughs> yeah. Which, to me, that sounds like a cool idea. It's an animated show for kids. When I read into it, 
the cars are going to be the main characters, but they will be interacting with the actual characters from the show. So Batman, Superman, all of them apparently are going to be in the show as well. Oh, cool. I thought it was going to be something like cars, like literally the cars are the characters, but um... yeah, that's that's what it's going to be. But apparently the actual characters will be in the show as well. OK, interesting. I actually just pulled up the uh, the image that was released and it looks very Tim Burton esque. It, well, yeah, it looks like they're using the Batman 89 model, but yeah, you know, I just thought that was kind of a cool like, oh, hey, that's cool for you people out there that their kids like cars and you need to watch something else <laughs> because yeah. he's in cars when when kids find that show or that movie, it tends to be on repeat in your house for a while. Yeah, I, I love I love the concept. I feel like it has a lot of potential and I feel like it could bring a lot of uh new fans, you know, new superhero fans into the woodwork and stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, moving on. Uh, all right. So now we're on to you get Star Wars, Marvel or random. Um, let's do uh, Marvel. I guess we could stick with the superhero stuff. Marvel. OK, a couple Marvel stories. Actually, only yeah, two Marvel stories. Um, so we talked about Jamie Foxx returning as Electro for the MCU. Yeah. Um, according to Jamie Foxx, he will not be blue. Oh, okay. Interesting. So in Amazing Spider-Man 2, he was blue lightning craziness, which, like I said, I hated his character before he came, became Electro. And then I may not have been a fan of it, but I still liked what they did with Electro once he was Electro. I kind of like yeah. how his powers like worked. I just liked how it, I liked that part of the character. Um, so I was very indifferent with it. And I didn't mind the blue look, but they said he's not going to be blue. However, there's a lot of reports that says they're building to the Sinister Six. And that's one of the reasons why bringing Jamie Foxx was so important is they're building the Sinister Six in the next fight. Oh, of course, yeah. Because they're building their Spider-Verse. But that segues into the next news story. So we all know, we all talked about the big Spider-Man contract negotiation with Sony, how, like, Marvel had it for a while and the contract went up for renegotiation and they had to figure it out because Sony wants to build their Spider-Verse, but Marvel wants to play with the character a little bit more. And that's why we're getting Spider-Man three. Yeah. Electra is going to be back in Spider-Man three. There's not a lot we know about it. However, um, there's a lot of talk about how Spider-Man three is going to get us up to. And now if they're building a Spider-Verse, there may be, this may be the Marvel Sony, I don't want to say split, but real work together. And when I say that, I'm meaning I think the ultimate goal is to get Miles Morales live action on the screen. Okay. And then you have one company running Miles Morales, Spider-Man, Spider-Verse craziness. And then the other company is going to get Peter Parker, Spider-Man. And then you'll have the crossover because we're going to create a multiverse. That's what I think is happening. And the reason I have a... And not only are we building uh, the Spider-Verse, is I really think it's the Spider-Verse more than anything, is because the next Doctor Strange movie is titled Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, right? Yeah, absolutely. Is that what it's called? Yeah, and it's going to have Scarlet Witch in it? Okay. So, um, Doctor Strange is officially going to be joining the cast for Spider-Man 3. Yeah, I actually heard about this one earlier so today. That um, says that says to me multiverse connected to the Doctor Strange movie. That's how right. I, that's how I took it a hundred percent. 
and it made me have some other thoughts about WandaVision. But um, I think that's awesome. I think it's cool that Doctor Strange will be a part of that, and we'll go from there. So Yeah, I, th- I think you kind of thought... I think you thought about this full circle as far as... Um, I guess just as far as the multiverse connection. I didn't really... I didn't really think into that. Um, I kind of just thought it was kind of cool that Dr. Strange was going to be in there. Um, I've said before, I'm not the biggest Benedict Cumberbatch fan, but I do not, I don't really mind him as Dr. Strange. Um, I think he fits the role. Well, um, I think it's really exciting to see uh, if they do bring about a live action, Miles Morales. Um, I think that's going to be really cool too. Um, I almost feel like you were hinting at Marvel kind of taking over Peter Parker and then Sony would, play around with miles morales so to speak is that kind of what you're getting at that's kind of like what i was thinking but i don't know if it's going to go that route or who would get water if they both get the shit i have no idea i think the ultimate goal is going to be how do we get miles morales on screen right i I thought it was an interesting concept though nonetheless like you know if sony essentially became like they have miles morales and maybe more or less like the ultimate universe and then marvel would have would have peter parker as their main spider-man it is a very interesting concept um yeah i don't know i think um i feel like for a long time sony's been such a wild card for uh the the comic book movies and i think whether you like or hate a lot of the stuff they've done you have to admit a lot of it's uh really interesting especially with venom and you know, the upcoming like Venom sequel and more, more Morbius. And uh, I don't know. I think this, this is really good news. It's kind of a uh, kind of lifts my spirits from all the bad DC DC news. Cause I feel like there's just well, a, the bad, a lot the of C news is, is they're pushing stuff back. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> but like, I, I just hearing the Spider-Man stuff, it gets me a little bit more excited because I'm just like, man, there's a lot of potential. And I honestly, when it comes down to it, I have no idea what direction they're going to go with things. And that's what I'm really excited about. You know, I don't as, as cool as it is to know all the Marvel movies that are coming up. Sometimes it's cool to like, just not know and speculate and wonder what's going to happen next. And I kind of feel that way with this weird spider verse thing that's going on over there. So I'm kind of, this kind of gets me pumped actually, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I have, yeah, so I'm just, I think it's awesome. Uh, my WandaVision thought when I started reading that was that WandaVision, I think they're going to, and I, and I keep talking about how Scarlet Witch is the most powerful character in the Marvel universe, in my opinion, I've said it many times. And I also have talked about how, um, They've been downplaying her in the movies, and I honestly think that the WandaVision show is going to get her to where she needs to be. Right. Uh, in terms of what I'm saying, in terms of her being powerful. And I think the WandaVision show is a way of doing House of M. Um, and without spoiling the end of House of M, did you read it? Do you know how it ends? No, I, I haven't read that. Uh, all right, I ever. think the way. It, all right, then I'm gonna have to. Then I'm gonna have to. Literally gonna have to spoil the end of that book. It, it's okay if you spoil it. The end of that. So basically, at the end of that book, there's a Scarlet Witch is basically looked at as the villain in that book, and at the end, when all the X Men and everyone are like going after her and stuff, and all the like stuff that happened with the mutants in terms of like, because technically the mutants is a book about racial diversity and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. And um, so 
everyone's like after Scarlet Witch, and because she's a mutant and stuff, she basically says she gets really angry, and she has reality-altering abilities. So the very last thing that happens in that book is she says, no more mutants. And there's a big white flash, and the book closes. And you're like, did she just wipe out every mutant on the planet? Like, did she strip <laughs> them of all their powers? Did she kill them? Yeah. And then when you pick up the next, when you start reading beyond House of M, and they start talking about the catastrophe that, like, why there's no more mutants left and all that stuff, they start talking about it. And the fact that Scarlet Witch, like, wiped out the planet of mutants and everything just because she said no more mutants. That's the reason I think she's one of the most powerful characters in the Marvel Universe, because she simply could have just said no more Thanos. And that would have been the end of the discussion. Yeah, with the, I think they're going to do House of M in reverse, where at the end, Scarlet Witch is going to say there should be mutants. And that's their Ooh. act. I think. And I think WandaVision is the bridge to bringing the X-Men into the MCU. That's um, um, that's a really good point, because I've always wondered how are they going to bring X-Men into the MCU? Because it's, maybe she doesn't I, say, maybe she doesn't say mutants or maybe she just says there needs to be more people like me or, you know what I mean? Something of that. Yeah. Well, I almost like that. Uh, the original line you said was kind of a play on the one from the house of M that you were talking about earlier. Right. And I think that's kind of a just, cool piece of what's that. We just don't know if they're allowed to use the word mutants. That's the problem. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. That's, um, that's pretty rough. Uh, that that's kind of uh, that's a good point, but it kind of <laughs> sucks as well. Um, right. Uh, no, but I always wondered. Like, I felt like it would feel so shoehorned in if they were just like, "Oh, by the way, there's been mutants here the whole time." You know, through all these movies, you know, as there's the Avengers fighting Thanos and fighting each other, and you know, the Chitari attack and stuff. By the way, there's also these mutants that have had powers the whole time i always thought that wouldn't really work and uh the idea of it being linked to scarlet witch like what you said is a really clean cut like really good way that they could pull that off um i have like had a mixed feeling about wandavision for the longest time and it's really just because i hated the title (laughs) and i still don't know if i like the title because to me it sounds like a, I feel like it sounds like it would be a sitcom targeted at like teen girls in the 90s or something like that. Like it just sure. gives me like a Alex Mack sort of vibe or something like the secret world of Alex Mack. Like it just sounds the title yeah. to me sounds really corny. So it just it's really hindered my enthusiasm for the show. But the more I see from it, like the trailer was really interesting and uh the more I see and hear about it, I actually think I'm going to watch it. Um, and just this discussion now is making me excited. Um, and then also, I just think like Scarlet Witch is like, I don't know a lot about her. I haven't read a lot of uh, like X-Men comics and comics she's been in. But uh, in the MCU, she kind of has like one of my favorite power sets from what we've seen. Um, I really like her costume, not necessarily her movie costume, but her Comic costume, I think, is really cool. I think her powers are really cool. So I'm excited to see where this le- leads, basically. Yeah, I, uh, it's, it, like, that thought, like, so I was just like, oh my gosh, they're opening up a multiverse and all that stuff. And then I was like, oh my gosh, WandaVision, because I'm just excited. I'm excited for more Scarlet Witch. And it's really kind of 
like my two favorite Avengers, like most people are going to say Captain America and Iron Man, but my two favorite Avengers are Black Widow and Scarlet Witch um, from the MCU. Um, right on, yeah. So, all right. So, random or Star Wars? We're rolling the dice on this one. What do you want to do? Let's it's do random. Wars, it's one Star Wars story. So, um, <laughs> I don't. I was going to say random and Star Wars, but maybe I don't know. We could do Star Wars and save the randomness for the end. Well, I'll <laughs> just because it's more mysterious that way. <laughs> I'll do, yeah, right. I'll just do Star Wars. Um, okay. There's a theory floating around the internet right now that Baby Yoda is actually a clone. That is a clone of Yoda that Palpatine created to try to match Yoda's strength in a new apprentice. Um, I oh, think that, okay. I think this is backwards, and I think that based on some dialogue cues in the Mandalorian, and based on what we know about cloning Palpatine for Rise of Skywalker, I think that the reason that everyone's after baby Yoda is that the Empire is trying, they know that Yoda's species is very sensitive, and I think they're using that to try and clone Yoda, or to clone baby Yoda to make more of the species. That is my guess. I think this theory is backwards, but I just wanted to point it out because it caught me. It got my wheels spinning when I read it. I'm like, that doesn't sound right at all. Why would you if if I found out Baby Yoda was a clone of Yoda, I think it would take the magic away from the character immediately. And then what's the point? Because I would take the magic away of Yoda immediately because then Yoda's death is completely irrelevant for two reasons. One no one then dies in Star Wars because Palpatine came back too. And secondly, it takes away the magic of Yoda appearing in Last Jedi when he talks to Luke again as the master. You know? Yeah. I don't know. That's just, I had to go on a quick rant about that because I got my wheels spinning. I'm like, no, that's wrong and backwards. But there's some dialogue <laughs> cues that make me think it's the other way around. Like they're trying to get the baby Yoda to clone him. Um yeah, I think and there's I, a lot of evidence to support that. I just, you know, I do agree with you that story wise and maybe even even conceptually, it is a lot more interesting if it's like they really want to clone this uh, creature that everybody's been chasing around. Um, the one thing I did think when you first said the sto- uh, started talking about the story was if baby Yoda is a clone of Yoda it does justify the name of baby Yoda. And then I will be okay with calling him that because <laughs> at this point I still prefer to say the child. Cause to me, it's just more accurate at this point. But if we did find out that it's a clone of Yoda, I say, babe, say baby Yoda as much as you want. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit stumped on this one. I don't know exactly how to feel either way. Um, but it definitely is an interesting, it's an interesting theory. None, nonetheless, yeah. All right. So random three random stories. Um, they're short, so I don't know if we'll go on tangents really. But the show Glow. Did you watch that? Uh, no, I know about it. Wasn't um, okay. was this? I watched Ryan it. It's awesome. Liked quite a bit. It's what? Doesn't Ryan like the show quite a bit? Yeah, Ryan loves. Ryan thinks the show's awesome. He's the one who told me to check it out. Um, yeah. I think it's fantastic. Uh, you really should. Um, the sad part is, is that Netflix is pulling the plug on Glow. Not only pulling the plug as in terms of canceled, they're not even giving them the last season. They've reversed decisions in the final season and they're cutting it entirely. Oh, that's sad. 
Yeah, it is sad. Um, I don't know if it was supposed to be a final season or if it was just supposed to be the next season, but they pulled the plug entirely. So um, the show was awesome. We did get to see um, you can kind of the way the the last episode is available ends. It, it You kind of don't need to know more, but it would have been great to have a closure season. So, um, Ken, yeah. do you mind if I ask uh, how many seasons were there? Three. Three. Okay. I don't know what it is, yeah, but I've three. heard that a lot with Netflix shows is that they last three seasons and then no, it's over. And I, Castlevania. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully we do. I don't, I, it's obviously not true for every show because there are ones that are longer, but I don't know if that's just the way Netflix's contracts work where, you know, they sign people on for three seasons and then hope for the who best. Knows what happens after that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll have to check this one out um, since, you know, multiple people are recommending it. Um, I just haven't watched it at all yet. But uh, yeah, it's sad to see any good show get canceled, really. Yeah. It just uh, I don't know why I've just heard that a lot about Netflix is like <laughs> a show gets its three seasons and then it probably gets canceled. So well, you're ready for this. You're ready for a Netflix announcement that I'm not sure how you get any out of it. OK, <laughs> uh, Netflix announces an original Godzilla series. Okay, keep going. Uh, I, I did see some stuff about this, but I haven't that's really, really read all it too I got. much. <laughs> okay. Um, that's really all I got. It's going to combine uh, hand-drawn and CG animation styles. Um, I just, I think, I mean, Godzilla works like on a movie platform. I just don't know how a television series would work. That's what I'm scratching my head about. Um, but they always try, and, they always find some ways to figure that stuff out. I just was like, how in the world are they going to make that work? Um, yeah. I do know they have some, uh, I think they're, uh, Godzilla like animated movies on Netflix. Um, I think they're animes, but they might be American produced, but they definitely have an anime style. But, um, I know they, they have released one or two Godzilla based animated movies. And so when I was seeing stuff about the series, I just kind of assumed that, the movies they made were so successful that they're just like, okay, well, we'll do a animated series uh, based around this concept as well. Um, I also don't know if the movies is something that Netflix itself produced. Um, a lot of the animes that are on Netflix are kind of stuff that Netflix has shopped around from Japan that just hasn't been licensed in the U S yet. So if it's like, it might just be a really cool series that hasn't been licensed over over here and Netflix just buys the rights to it and releases it where they don't actually have a part in the actual production of the show. So I don't know if those Godzilla movies or this show is that sort of thing. I feel like it could go either way. Um, either way, I might watch this. I haven't checked out those movies that I was talking about. So um, I enjoy Godzilla and like the kaiju like monster subgenre in general, but it's not something that I watch all the time. You know, it's kind of like so you know, do I. once, once a year I'll, or, you know, I'll watch one or two kaiju movies a, a year. And that kind of satiates my, you know, my needs for that, <laughs> for that genre for a while. So yeah, it's definitely interesting. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah. I enjoy the Godzilla stuff too. I just don't know how that works on a show level. So again, we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. Okay, final story of the night. Um, Resident Evil is getting a movie reboot. Okay, I mean, that's really cool. 
I don't know if we're I don't know if we're ready for that yet. Um, but they're getting a movie reboot. Some of the cast has been um, uh, announced: Neil McDonough, Robbie Amell, Tom Hopper um, from Umbrella Academy. Um, the villain I cannot remember her name. I'm drawing a blank, but she's the villain. Uh, she plays the ghost chick in Ant Man Two. Um, but apparently, oh, right, sh- right. Apparently, the show is going to. Um, stick real close to the films um not the films the video the games video games nice um, that's the plan is to stick close to the video games which i think a lot of everyone wanted anyway um i just liked what um the director of the original one said that he wanted to try and honor the video games but if he stuck too close to the video game then the video game players know all the jump scares and they're not going to be focused on the movie because they're going to be nitpicking the game or nitpicking the movie because they know everything um so he tried to be a little different and i really appreciated that statement and i think it made me like that first one more um but i'm i'm down resident evils aside from the fifth movie resident evils always turned out pretty good movies in my opinion yeah i mean i agree i like uh i like this one's the only one i didn't like oh really is the fifth one the one is I think I might have watched part of the fifth one and I kind of got bored and turned it off, but I'm not it's sure the one where they're in the like they're in an underground testing facility where they're testing the scenarios of the outbreaks. Yeah, it's just it was weird. <laughs> and it's kind of like they go through a bunch of rooms and each one has like kind of a weird, different crazy fight scene that goes on until they yeah. escape. Sort of, yeah. yeah. Like, but why? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one, it almost felt like a filler episode. <laughs> like a filler movie episode in a series like it was weird um and the the original resident evil movies always have really cool visuals so of course like it's still cool to see all those fight scenes but just plot wise i i wasn't very captivated by that one either um i do kind of feel like it's okay to reboot resident evil at this point though just because i mean when did the first one come out was it it's got to be going on 20 uh, years early, at this point. Two, early 2000s. Yeah. And and I think and then if you look at the games like the games are, you know, or the original games like over 20 years old at this point. And it's just kind of this thing where I think maybe people knowing the jump scares and knowing the plot really well might not be as big of a deal now just because so much time has passed. Uh, that being said, I do know that they've been remaking the you know, they've been doing remakes of the old games and stuff like that, but maybe mm-hmm. it's not as much of a concern. So, I mean, I think it's, it looks cool. I think the cast looks good so far. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just kind of open minded about this one. I'm kind of excited, but I'm, I'm open minded. And my excitement is I like Resident Evil. So, again, as long as the movie industry doesn't fold on us, I'm down <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um <laughs> But yeah, you want to talk about uh, the list tonight, man? Yeah, sure thing. All right. So, um, Ryan, it's time to do the list, man. So it, could you do us a favor and roll the thing? And now for the top five. So here we are. Uh, Peter, um, I'm totally thinking that everything we talk about tonight is going to cause us to lose listeners because they're going to go, wait, what? So will you and, and I'm worried that I took your list idea wrong. I really am. Uh, oh, it's OK. <laughs> but uh, do me a favor and uh, explain to our listeners what your list idea was this evening. Yeah, so it came and I don't know if you've seen this meme at all yet, Drew, but uh, 
I kept like a week ago, I kept seeing this meme everywhere and it was a lot on Twitter and a lot of just people posting it on their pages, but it was essentially a picture of, I'm pretty sure the character's name is Flynn from Tangled. And it's the shot of the, the movie where he has like 20 knives and swords and stuff pointed right at his neck. And there'd be a caption above the picture that would always say like, what video game opinion would make would make you get this sort of reaction? So basically, what video game opinion would you say that would get everybody in the room pissed off at you? And I'd see people do it like what movie opinion, what comic book opinion, like all these different scenarios. And I just found it really amusing. And so I just thought it'd be fun to do a list about that, essentially, just like our unpopular uh, nerdy opinions that might ruffle some feathers with that being said i don't know if anything i'm gonna say is gonna really piss anybody off but i mean it's possible but it's just i just think it's kind of more if you look at it as in a sarcastic and lighthearted way i think it's just kind of a funny list to, t- to talk about um yeah do you have any thoughts on it or did you just want to jump in um so my thought was how am i gonna do how are we going to do this um we, we spend so much time talking about the things we like, and basically we're going to talk tonight about things that we don't like, or yeah. just not slightly fans enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's but, true. As I okay. stumble over my words, just a thought, like, you know. Um, so I, I will say a couple of mine are actually things that I like that piss people off, though. <laughs> so <laughs> there's right. that angle, too. Um but yeah, I mean, we'll go. I uh, I hope you didn't take it too wrong, and like, I didn't no. really want to hate on stuff too much with this it's list. Not, I just it's think it's not kind a of hate a hate thing. It's not really a hate thing. I was kind of thinking about, and I had a, and I really struggled putting this list together because we live in a world where, um, and we talked about it when we like when I kind of blew up my like when I was kind of blowing up Ready Player One, for example. That movie, and I've said this before, is a very is a perfect example of how everything's awesome, and. There's no judgment in that movie. Like, if you like Back to the Future, you like Back to the Future. If you like Batman, you like Batman. You like Star Wars, you like Star Wars. Everyone everyone just accepts the fact that everyone likes everything, and it doesn't really matter what you like. It just matters that you're a part of the world because we all understand. My fandom for Star Wars is no different than this guy's fandom of Harry Potter. We just both like nerd things. They just happen to be different. It's all awesome. So... If I'm not a fan of something, that doesn't mean I don't appreciate it for what it is. And I wanted to go into that list making that very clear that I appreciate all these things that I say I'm not a fan of. I appreciate all of them (laughs) for what they are. I am not the fan the way like because there are some things that like you'll say something and people will get pissed off about. Like it's really weird. It's the it's the Internet saying it's it's society saying we want you to be yourself, and then as soon as you're being yourself, society goes no 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 not like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So and that was that made it really hard to like do this list. So that's the only reason I wanted to word it that way and kind of go into this with that mindset. Um, I have one music and one and two video games. The rest are, uh, but I just thought I'd throw that out there. Um, yeah. Um... Okay, and so, I don't yeah. have any honorable mentions, so. Okay, I have one honorable mention, um, but I just kind of wanted to add to what you're saying as well. Like, obviously, this show, everything we do 
on the show is out of love. Uh, we both really love nerdy stuff and pop culture and stuff like that. And so, um, yeah, I, I really didn't want to bring forth like a hateful list. I just thought it, I just, I guess I think it's kind of interesting to hear unpopular opinions and I don't want anybody to take anything to heart. Um, I was kind of thinking more in general, like this isn't one of my examples, but like, if I said like, I really love the movie series or book series twilight, I feel like that pisses people off. <laughs> so I guess I was kind of looking at it in that way. I don't um, think more that than makes like people angry anymore. <laughs> Maybe not anymore, but, but you know, that's just kind of off the top of my head, like an example that I thought of. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, yeah, I do have one honorable mention. So I guess I could just, uh, jump in so we don't yeah, ramble do off with our preface. We'll, and we'll do, do your honorable mentions so we get kind of caught up. So, Yeah, so this one, I think, you're Drew, you're going to call me crazy. And it's kind of a, it's an honorable mention because I don't know how convicted I am to this. But sometimes I think I might prefer the theatrical version of Batman v Superman as opposed to the... <laughs> As opposed to the <laughs> ultimate edition. And the reason I say that is because one of the theatrical version was the first version I saw. And I sat there in theaters and I just fell in love with this movie the first time I saw it. But two, um, I there are a lot of details that are kind of really subtle and uh, more so implied than explained in the theatrical cut. And I understand why certain things were lost on some people on what you watch this movie and the theatrical cut, I feel is a movie that you really have to pay attention to. And the thing is when that movie came out, I saw it multiple times on theater in theaters. And then I kind of just had to piece everything together myself and notice all the little details. And there's a lot of uh, mysteries and stuff that I kind of just filled in the gaps myself. So once the ultimate edition came out, a lot of the extra scenes didn't necessarily add stuff for me because a lot of it I kind of had already deduced, I guess. Yeah, especially the stuff in uh, the the scene at the beginning in the African desert. Like, I kind of figured out how a lot of that played into it. Um, I do think, I think that that's some... one scene that should not have been cut, though, because they keep because they, later they're talking a lot about what really happened, what really happened. And as an audience member, you're like, I don't know what the fuck happened, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I kind of liked the uh, the mystery of it all, too. I will say a lot of the stuff with the plot surrounding uh, like Senator Swanwick or whatever. I do think the theatrical or the ultimate edition does a great job kind of explaining all those details. It's just kind of this thing where I deduced so much from the theatrical cut that I was just like, I kind of like it better sometimes. But I'm, I'm still on the fence with this one. So that's why it's an honorable mention. So there you go. All right, right on. Um, well, my so my first actual pick of the night, and this is going to make all the kids turn off the podcast, um, is I am not a fan of Fortnite. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I appreciate Fortnite for what it is, and I think it, it ultimately it really is a cool game. But my problem is, is every time I play Fortnite, because my kid will come all the time to like play Fortnite with me, that kind of stuff. I'm like, okay, I don't mind. Yeah. Every time I play it. I always think of I'm always thinking of the other shooters that I could be playing that are so much better and I'd rather go play other games. <laughs> so um, ultimately, Fortnite's not for me, but, you know, that's really all I got. Um, I don't have much more than that. It's just like I always think I should be, you know. Playing something else, so. 
Yeah, um, I don't have, like, I'm okay with Fortnite. I don't, uh, I've played it once or twice. I don't, I guess I don't encounter Fortnite a lot to uh, have a big opinion on it, but um, I feel like that happens a lot where the things in, like, certain genres that get the most attention aren't always the best (laughs) things that genre has to offer, and this goes for, like, movies, music, video games and stuff. So I think it's kind of funny when, uh, you know, everybody's going crazy about Fortnite, but like the idea that you're thinking, well, there's all these other shooters that are actually much better. So I, I really like that. Uh, I guess that image or whatever is pretty funny, but yeah, nice. So that's what I got for you. All right, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, so my first one, I wanted to get out of the way cause we've talked about this quite a bit. <laughs> Um, and I know you absolutely agree with me on this, Drew, um, but it's a thing that, and it, it kind of sucks, but it still is, in my opinion, controversial in certain groups. And that is just liking, um, well, I put liking the Star Wars prequels, but I guess really what I mean is just liking the complete Star Wars saga. Um, okay, so this is something I'm curious about because I kind of took this list and I'm going to, I'll still put this down as a thing here, but I kind of took this list as the unpopular pop culture opinions. And I, I feel like liking a, the star Wars prequels is an unpopular. Opinion. Okay. Okay. No, I, um, I, I'm agreeing with that statement, but then you said full saga and I just wanted to make sure I'm writing down the, on the spreadsheet, the right thing here. Oh, I get, I get what you mean. Yeah. I guess I, uh, I, I wrote down the prequels, but, um, I do think of the full saga just cause I've heard, uh, Really, all the new, all of the sequel trilogy, I've heard get a lot of hate. <laughs> to be honest, like each movie, yeah. I've heard hated on by separate people for very different reasons. Star Wars um, fans today are so goofy, and like I feel like the people who hate on it aren't actually Star Wars fans. I really do. No, and I agree with that, and I feel like. Um, I've listened to different podcasts and I know there's like a lot of the people who are really ingrained in the star Wars community do love it all. Like they love the prequels. They love the sequels. They love it all, you know, and they might acknowledge that certain things do have their drawbacks or flaws, but they still, you know, find the good parts of everything too. Um, I just get frustrated that a lot of the more, a lot of the people that I talk to on a daily basis who aren't super ingrained in Star Wars fandom still really hate on the prequels. And it kind of just it's kind of gets tedious that I'm just like, man, like I've been defending these movies forever, it feels like. And I kind of just hate that I still have to defend it every time, you know, this topic comes up with a group that, of like. That's really obnoxious that when you have to do the I have to defend it, I have to defend it, I have to defend it. And then you become, then you start sounding like an apologist, and then um, you're just like, look, I'm, yeah, I'm a George Lucas apologist. That's basically all you have to say, you know, like. Yeah. And, you know, but see, that's the thing, though, is, like, I love Star Wars. And if you truly love something, Star Wars is not the best example, because you can put this to your life, you can put this to your family, you can put this however you want. But if you truly love something, you love it for all of it even the bad and even the stuff that drives, even there are star Wars is not perfect. Um, but in my eyes, star Wars is perfect and it's a blind love. And I know that, but at the same time, I, I go into star Wars, like with a certain mindset and I'm like, even if it's something that bothers me, it's still star Wars and I love it. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and this is a weird one too, because, (laughs) 
there's certain groups of people that you say you love the prequels around and they don't mind at all. I just find maybe it's just people that I know. I still find myself being like the one guy who will defend these movies a lot of times. I'm, I'm uh, glad you said that because one of mine, which I'm saving for later, um, yeah. has a, is a really good point to that factor. So go ahead. Okay. I just, I, yeah. And I kind of wanted to get this one over with just cause we've talked so much. We've had a lot of prequel talk on past episodes and stuff. Um, but, uh, Oh, I was just kind of kind of tag tagline on uh, something you were saying where uh, it is true that when you're a true fan of something, you really do love it all. Even if you can recognize certain aspects of your preferred franchise or whatever does have flaws, you still love those flaws and you still love that flawed piece of media or whatever. Um, And I also just think it's a lot more fun to be a fan of something when you're just like, oh, well, this movie wasn't that good, but it's still badass or, you know, Oh, look at the villain. He's so cool. And just kind of like looking at the positives of things, in my opinion is a lot more fun than just hating on everything. And that's kind of, uh, the people who I try to spend the most time and energy with are kind of more of those positive people too, as opposed to haters. So yeah, um, we can roll into your next pick, I guess. (laughs) Um, so my next pick is my second video game one for the night. And I am not a fan of the call of duty video games. Okay. Um, the, the Call of Duty series as a whole. Um, I, and I know that's a little, I feel like that's a little blasphemous. Um, and I'm going to explain to you, I'm going to give this reason real quick. Um, I am a huge, huge Halo fan. Um, Halo is the game that basically got me into video games. Um, and when I say that, I mean like, yeah, I'm old enough to be around when the, the original Nintendo released. So I've played my share of Mario and my, my share of Legend of Zelda and Tetris. But... I was never like a diehard have to play video games kind of a guy. It was like, all right, I'll play these here and there. And that was kind of it. When Halo came out, it was a game changer. It made me buy a system. It made me spend endless hours playing the game. Halo is one of those shooters that did a lot of things first before a lot of other shooters that came out. And when Call of Duty really started going big with like Modern Warfare and the current one, Call of Duty Warzone and, you know, all the stuff now, it all feels like they looked at Halo and said, how do we do it one step better? And when I play other when I play the Call of Duties and it's just the Call of Duty franchise, it always feels like it's ripping off all these other things that I love. And it drives me nuts when I play it. And. Believe me, I've played I've played Call of Duty enough to enjoy it, but it always feels secondary to like Halo, and it just and it drives me nuts when people like praise it and then rag on Halo, and I'm like, and then they rag on Halo, and it makes me dislike Call of Duty more. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's it's this weird gap bridge kind of a thing. So. Um, Overall, I'm just not a fan of the series. And yeah, that's basically how that that's basically it for me on that one. But (laughs) yeah, I hear you. For me, like I would even like I'm I feel like uh, I don't I wouldn't want to say nerdier, but like I have a different approach to it where I just prefer Halo because of like genre and setting. And like I like sci fi more than just realistic military stuff. But um I mean, Call of Duty, I've had a lot of fun playing. I, you know, I have a lot of friends who play the game, but it's not my favorite video game franchise. Um, And at a certain point, I remember seeing um, some of the Call of Duty games that came out and just being so impressed with their graphics and stuff. But um, 
I'm kind of with you where I do prefer other shooters and stuff, but a lot of that for me just comes down to uh, the imagery, maybe more than uh, gameplay and stuff like that. So, um, but I definitely see where you're coming from with that. Yeah. So that was all. I didn't. I don't want to rag on Call of Duty because I appreciate it. For- <laughs> is and i played my share of it i have call of duty warzone sitting on my xbox and i played with my brother a few times i just or our brother scott a few times because that's all that's the only game he plays right now but it just i like i'm craving the new halo game and i'm just waiting for it to show up so yeah yeah, yeah i hear you all um, right what do you got yeah so my next one is really vague <laughs> but i just wrote reboot reboots are good <laughs> And what I mean is I'm I feel like you went with all the I'm defending stuff where I'm like, I am not a fan of this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have a couple that uh, where I'm I kind of rag on stuff, but um, I'm not ragging. I I, I just kind of took it as a I'm not a fan of this kind of category because it's an unpopular opinion. So I I, I hear you. Um, So I guess like. It took me a while to get here, but for the most part, I'm really open-minded to newer versions of things and reboots of things uh, that Hollywood has been putting out. And I feel like that's an opinion. Like, if somebody's like, oh, they're remaking this one movie, like, I feel like most of the time I'm more apt to say, okay, let's see what they do with it. And I feel like that can be a really unpopular opinion. Now, with that being said, there are, you know a select few franchises that I don't think they should ever touch. Um, if they ever tried to reboot star Wars, like that would be the worst <laughs> thing ever. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I just, there's certain things that I do agree are untouchable, but for the most part, like I liked the, you know, RoboCop reboot. Um, I enjoyed the evil. Dead I never saw that. I, enjoyed. I never saw the RoboCop reboot. Oh, I, I, I think it's, 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 I thought it was really fun. I think you'd enjoy it. I think, um, a lot of people who hate on it, I think, um, are really judging it closer or judging it based off the originals. And I think if you view it just as its own thing, it's like a really pretty fun, like kind of gritty, you know, sci-fi superhero action sort of story. But, um, yeah, that's basically it. I'm just like a lot more open-minded towards reboots of certain things than a lot of people are, I guess. So, um, I'm always going to say it. I think, as many different versions as they can make of something, I say go for it because that just means we have more movies to watch and enjoy and pick apart and stuff like that. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on reboots in general, but that's just kind of uh, one of my vague picks that I chose. My opinions on the reboots is I don't mind them. It just depends on what it is. Why? (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes it's like, we don't need that. You know, like I'm very, very against the back of the future reboot. Yep. That's another one that I was thinking. Incredibly against that. So please don't ever do that. And Robert Zemeckis made a comment that as long as he's alive, it'll never happen. So (laughs) that's great. I just hope the studios think the same thing if he passes. Um, Yeah. So yeah, back to the future, princess bride, star Wars. There's a, there's a number of movies that just absolutely shouldn't be touched, but for the most part, I'm a lot just more open-minded to it. So uh, what do you have next? Um, so my next one is I am not a Harry Potter fan. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, and, I, and I'm just like, how quietly do I say that? Um, 
let's put it this way. I've tried Harry Potter. I appreciate Harry Potter. Um, I have a theory that Harry Potter has the potential to be the next Star Wars in terms of longevity and long terms of like fandom, like wanting more of it. Um, and, you know, 40 years down the road, I think Harry Potter will still be a staple in terms of like Star Wars is 40 years old. And here we are still like talking about Star Wars, pumping out movies, making more content. Everyone loves The Mandalorian and Baby Yoda. And we just have the sequel trilogy like it, hated. It doesn't really matter. We're all talking about it still. 40 years down the later, Star Wars is still a thing. I truly think Harry Potter has that substantial to stay and be that next Star Wars, I guess you could say, in terms of the longevity, in terms of the icon. Um, it's just not for me. Um, yeah. I One of my problems, one of the things that really turned me off to Harry Potter, and it, I hate that I have to say this, but it really is the reason. I was working at Borders Bookstore at the peak of the Harry <laughs> Potter fandom, the absolute peak of the fandom. And, I never put that together, but that timeline does make sense. And the fans... <laughs> legitly ruined Harry Potter for me. I like, can absolutely I, see that. I, I got I got enough people that I worked with saying I should check it out because they know the type of books I read. And I was like, oh, cool, I'll put it on the list. And I literally had book one sitting on my uh, – because we had like – we had like these bins where like if you saw something in the store, you can kind of like kind of put it aside for yourself. Yeah. Grab the copy and toss it in my bin because I'll, I'll either A – read it at work or B, I'll just buy it. And I bought a lot. Of, I bought basically almost anything I put in my bin, but, um, I tossed it in my bin and then it just, the, the fans started to ruin Harry Potter. And I was like, I'm not going to get this book anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I just couldn't handle it. I'm just like, I can't, I just can't. Um, and I, yeah. I tried, I gave Harry Potter a try, but when it came down to it, it's just not for me. So, yeah Yeah, it's it's oversaturation um and overhype and uh i'm the same way if something's getting hyped just so much it's just hard for me to get into it sometimes um drew i know uh we were talking about harry potter recently off air and uh you mentioned how harry potter like you watched the first three movies i want to say and you felt like they were very formulaic as far as like okay voldemort's the, always the villain. Um, they all kind of f- follow the same outline and stuff. And, uh, the uh, first three movies, the first three movies, and I'm willing to bet the books are the same, are identical. <laughs> right. They're literally identical. If you watch the first three movies, the kids go to the, Harry Potter lives in this crappy house with this crappy family. He goes away to school for a year. He learns something magical. That magical thing he learns will then be yeah, they, the thing that he uses to defeat the villain or creature or whatever he's got to fight in the end. That is the plot of the first three movies. They're literally the same movie. Um, it's it's really hard to sit through. And when I got through the third movie, I was like, why am I watching this? <laughs> <laughs> well, so, but, so I, I do think that's a valid criticism. Um, I was actually in sixth grade, I want to say, when I first hear started hearing hype about um, Harry Potter. So I was kind of the right age to get into this series when it was coming out. Um, And I did read the first three books and I kind of, at the time I kind of got bored with, um, I kind of got bored with the books for kind of the same reason you're saying where the storyline kind of was just the same thing over and over again. 
Um, and it actually wasn't until the fifth movie came out that I, it made me revisit the book series. Um, the fifth movie is, in my opinion, the best out of the entire movie series. Like, I legitimately think that uh, that is just a good movie just overall, uh, The Order of the Phoenix. And uh, after watching the fifth movie, I had to go back and reread the books in the beginning and read all the way through Um and it was awesome, and I really enjoyed it. And I do think it's one of those things that if you can get past those first three books, the story gets a lot more darker. It gets a lot more interesting. I think f- the fourth book and on is really where the series kind of finds its stride and uh, stops following those formulaic ideas. And just it becomes a lot more enjo- enjoyable in general. Um, but at the same time, you might not be the kind of person who wants to read three books before you get to that moment. And I don't blame you for that. Uh, my thing is from the beginning, I really enjoyed the wizarding world of Harry Potter. And, uh, I think that's the biggest selling point for this, where if you're not all in on the, on the world building of the series, you might, you know, not get as into it, but, uh, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I think I'm the guy on the podcast who's always going to defend Harry Potter, but at the same time, (laughs) I know people who've read the whole series like 20 plus times and I am definitely nowhere near that level. So I love Harry Potter, but at the same time, I'm a pretty casual fan. So there you go. (laughs) Yeah, it's I mean, I'm just not a Harry Potter fan. So. Yeah. All right. Um, I guess we'll go to my I'll go on to my next one. I don't know if this is super unpopular, but I think it's kind of interesting. And I think depending on who you talk to, they might think you're crazy, but, um, it, this one, I guess there's a bit of a prequel story to this one where I remember one time I was talking to one of my buddies and, uh, we were talking about video games just in general. And, uh, we were talking about another friend of ours and I was, and I, I commented like, Oh, this person, he only cares about graphics. Like his judge, of a game is whether the graphics are good. (laughs) And my friend responded with video game graphics don't matter. And I was just like, what are you talking about? And he goes, I don't care. I play eight bit. All I care about is the, is the gameplay. And I really had to think about it, but I was like, you know, that's kind of true. And I guess, so that's my next one is I don't know if I believe that video game graphics matter, especially as much as people say, because I do think it's true. It comes down to the gameplay and uh, I've had just as much fun playing games with really good graphics as I've had playing old school arcade games and, you know, playing Doom or Wolfenstein, like really gritty, you know, bad graphics by today's standards and stuff like that. So I guess it's kind of the prioritizing gameplay over graphics idea is what this one is. Um, and this one, I don't know if it's super unpopular, but I think it just depends on who you talk to. Uh, Drew, I don't know if you have any thoughts on It depends on, on who you all. talk to, because if you talk to a real game or video game, graphics do not matter. Um, the uh, Halo, just Halo, the new Halo game coming out, released uh, some footage during the, uh, I guess, Microsoft press conference. They released some footage. I talked about it a few episodes back. And they, when people were like looking into the, a lot of the criticism that that got was, um, you, uh, why does the graphics look like crap? Well, you got to remember that at the time that that video was released for us, the game was in a, it's, it's a build format. It's not done. 
<laughs> you know, and that's the big thing. It's not a finished product. So um, they're they're not done with the graphics. Everything's not rendered completely. And you, you got to, like, give games some time. At the end of the day, the gameplay is the most important part of the game. Um, so I completely agree with you. And um, if you talk to people who are not video game experts, they might look at it differently. Well, you know, the, the graphics aren't the greatest. Well, the graphics aren't what makes the game the game. And that's kind of really the yeah, only thing. I, I, so. I'm actually surprised that I didn't know you were going to be in such agreement with me on this, but I think it, I think you have a good point where the general populace might pl- place a lot of uh, their opinions on how good a game's graphics are, especially when they're just seeing like the trailer and not actually playing the game. But I guess you're, you're, you're right. Like to a lot of gamers, the graphics don't really matter. And uh, it's all about gameplay. I just, I have some friends who are huge gamers and like, I know a couple of them specifically almost entirely just care about graphics. Like they're just there to have that visual immersion and for it to look realistic. And it's almost like that's the biggest draw to a game. And some of these people I would consider real gamers, but I do know what you're trying to say. Like it is true. Like the gameplay is first and foremost and really should be. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, that one might have been a bit of a stretch, but I feel like it's it is unpopular depending on who you talk to. So there you go. Uh, what do you yeah. have next? Um, here's the here's the big one. Um, I am not a fan of the Beatles. Oh, OK. <laughs> um, and this is where like all of our older listeners are like, what and freak out. Um, let me clarify this. I really do appreciate the Beatles and what they are and what they did for the music industry and what they did for music in general. Um, the Beatles are good. What I do not get in terms of the Beatles, and I, I guess I just don't understand it, is how long have the Beatles not been a thing? Like, okay, so I'm a Star right. Wars fan. We're 40 years down the road. We're still getting Star Wars content, new Star Wars content. It's constant. It's coming. <laughs> they're, they're starting to pump it back out. Like there's a demand. There's a demand for the Beatles, but that is it. There is no more. Um, the the I guess I cult is the best way of wording it. In my opinion, is the way the Beatles are perceived in terms of like the way they're like held on a pedestal. I don't understand. Um, and that might not, and that might be the, that might be my holdup because I don't think they're bad. I just I've just never understood the the sheer love that has sustained over the years for the Beatles. Um, I mean, to each his own. When it comes to music, we all have our own tastes and everything. I just I've just never gotten it. And like, there's lines like in Superbad. Um, there's a line where. Uh, Oh yeah, Jonah Hill makes a comment. He's like, "Yeah, I had the same reaction like the first time I heard the Beatles." And I'm like, "But why? Like, that's not first off. You're a high school kid. Like, <laughs> what do you know about it? You know what I mean? It's not like there's certain lines of dialogue in movies that'll pop up, and I'll be like, really? Why? Like, why?" <laughs> so, right. And I don't know. I like I said, I could be completely wrong. I could be completely talking out of my ass. But it's just I've never gotten it. And I know I'm not the only one because I made a comment about that once at a party and someone goes, I don't either. And I was like, sweet, let's go quietly talk about this in the corner so we don't piss off everybody else at the party. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So that's my yeah, I knew that was going to be a big one to bring up. So, yeah, this is uh, I didn't see this one coming. Um, I definitely see where you're coming from. I think it's a it's a really interesting uh, just topic in general. Um, 
I think the most important thing you said is you do respect the Beatles and their legacy and what they've done for music. Cause I think the thing is like, it's hard to realize it now, but the Beatles like essentially invented modern rock in a lot of ways. And a lot of the things they did, um, especially later in their career was just so experimental and stuff while they were at the same time, the biggest band in the world. And so like, Right. It definitely makes sense that their legacy lives on so well. Um, but I'm I'm with you where I'm not the biggest Beatles fan ever. Like I like them, but I do think it's also possible for like like does their hype need to be this extreme <laughs> like at this point in time still, you know? Um I do think a lot of people grow up with the Beatles though, where their parents are huge fans and they play the Beatles a lot, a lot of the time. And a lot of my friends who are really into the Beatles kind of had that upbringing where drew, I know you and I didn't really get that. So I think that could factor into it. Um, and so, yeah, I, I definitely see where you're coming from. Um, I think we're, we both, um, like, as we've said, we respect the legacy of the Beatles, but it's not necessarily our thing compared to a lot of other bands or musicians or whatever so i definitely understand that one i didn't see it coming um it's also funny because this was kind of trending on twitter uh really recently because somebody there's something like people were tweeting the beatles are trash and other people were defending the beatles <laughs> it's kind of an interesting thing um i guess the I one missed thing, out, i missed out on that twitter war <laughs> yeah this is literally like a couple days ago i saw people uh, talking about this, but I guess the one thing you can say is we're still having this conversation and what is it like, you know, 40, 50 years, like after you'd think that we would be. So I think it's, if anything that we could say that, I mean, that does point to how important of a band this is, but I definitely don't fault anybody if they're just like, you know, I'm kind of tired of the Beatles or, you know, I just don't get it. Like, I definitely understand that <laughs> stance right. as well. So, right. Okay, uh, uh, what's what's your next one? Yeah, um, I guess we can go into one of the ones that's kind of probably one of the more negative ones on my list, and that is I don't really like Pokemon. (laughs) (laughs) And here's the thing is I've always been cool with Pokemon. Um, I didn't really play the (laughs) games as a kid, but... I, I didn't really play the games when they came out, but I watched. You say the games. You're referring to the card game. You're talking about the video games. The video games. The okay. yeah, the Game Boy game, the original Game Boy games. I didn't play those, but I watched the cartoon a lot, and I enjoyed that. And I I never really owned many Pokemon cards, but I always wanted to play the Pokemon CCG just because I thought that looked really fun. But I just kind of didn't get into it. I probably didn't have enough money at the time when I was a kid to get into it, but. I've always been cool. Like I've always not had a problem with Pokemon. And then what happened was Pokemon go came out. And when that happened, I thought that was a really cool concept. Like I loved the idea of like, I'm playing a video game while I'm walking around in the real world. And I thought there was just so much potential with that idea and stuff. And, uh, in the past on this show, I've talked about like the walking dead, uh, version of Pokemon go. Um, and how I, I think that, First of all, I think that game is like way better than Pokemon Go in a lot of ways, but it just doesn't get that much love. Um, But I really do like the idea of having a video game on your smartphone that you're playing while you're exploring the world and, you know, the real world. I think that's a really cool concept. The problem is a lot of people I know 
really, really hype Pokemon Go like it's the greatest thing that has ever happened. And I just can't that level of hype for it where I'm kind of like, yeah, it was it was fun when it started. And I think it's cool. But it went from me being like, I do think it's cool and it's fun, but it's not as great as you guys are saying to the point where people are like, I still come across people hyping it a lot. And I just it's kind of just reached like a bit of a level of like vitriol, like deep inside me where I'm just like, why are we still talking about Pokemon go? This is so obnoxious. And it's kind of led me to this point where I just don't like the series at all. And it's something that I always like had like a, maybe a distant admiration for. And now it's just something that I just find really annoying. Um, and like, I just start thinking, what's that? Oh, go ahead. And then I just start thinking like, of more criticisms of the series where I'm just like, you know, all the Pokemon really just look like, you know, most of them just look like regular animals. They don't look that, you know, their designs aren't that creative. And I'm just <laughs> start thinking all these thoughts and it's just kind of funny, but I think it's like the biggest reason is probably pretty similar to one of your Harry Potter complaints where I think the fan base is just very, very out there and loud. And I think that's, that's just my only problem with it. And, uh, yeah, I feel bad. Like, I don't want to, like, hate on Pokemon too much. It's just kind of, like, something I think is funny for myself. But it is something that I've just lost a lot of uh, admiration for that franchise, I guess. <laughs> um, I'm, I, like, I never got the card game because I didn't think the mechanics of the card game were that good in comparison to other card games I was playing at the time. Yeah. I got really into tabletop gaming around the time that the Pokemon card game came out, and I did not like the mechanics of the Pokemon card game. So I never really got into the cards, but I did play a handful of the Game Boy games and stuff like that. And those I understood the addiction and those I was like, oh, I get this. This is cool. I like it. Um, I am not a Pokemon fan in the terms of like, uh, like, I don't I'm not like a freak about it, but I like Pokemon to a point. Yeah, it that's yeah, it wouldn't make a top five list for me. <laughs> Let me put and, that. And I, I I think that's like I like it. I used to like it to a point, but I just feel like Pokemon Go got so overhyped and like I still know people who overhype it. And so I've just like kind of lost a lot of uh, <laughs> I just like lost that uh, passion for it. But uh, I, I do like a good like turn based RPG. So I probably would enjoy the Game Boy games if I actually went back and played them and stuff. I just uh. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> right. I feel bad hating on stuff. <laughs> I, this is a weird this is a weird list to do. Yeah. So, um, uh, it's going to make my pick for next week a little sweeter, I think. Um, oh, nice. So my final pick of the evening is and I'm going to say this and you're going to go. Yeah, OK, that's not that big of a deal. But it's very important when you're in certain groups of people. Um, is that. The um, all right, so here it is. I prefer DC over Marvel. Oh, okay, not, yeah, not that big of a thing, not necessarily that unpopular. But let me explain when you are in a group of comic book people, if you're at a convention, if you're in a group of people who are read comic book readers and can have an intelligent conversation, and I say I prefer DC over Marvel, you have an intelligent conversation, and that's it. And everyone goes, Yeah, okay, and whatnot. It's it's usually fairly friendly. If you are at like a party and you're the comic book guy at the party and you start talking about movies, and someone brings up the Avengers films and you decide to say, well, I prefer DC over Marvel. 
you have the unpopular opinion because everyone is about to tell you how wrong you are and how. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And these are people who are uneducated in terms of they don't read comics. They know nothing more than the movies. And that is the end of the discussion because they've watched the movies one time, formed an opinion and won't watch them again. Even the Avengers films, they've watched them one time and went and made an opinion. Um, So depending on what group you're in, being a fan of DC over Marvel is an unpopular opinion. Um, But my opinion is this. I like them both and it's okay to like both. The big thing with me for uh, the DC versus Marvel uh, opinion is Marvel makes right now, Marvel makes probably the better movies. However, um, I prefer DC for everything else. Characters, comics, animation, like everything else. Television. um, But Marvel's got the market on the movies right now. For now. Um, And that's just because there's so many cool things that both companies are announcing. And you're just like, sweet, let's here we go. What do we got? You know. Um, but yeah, like if you're in the wrong group of people, that is an unpopular opinion. So, okay. Yeah. I mean, I, um, as soon as you said it, I could definitely see how that is an unpopular opinion. Like there's a lot of people, especially a lot of the people who read more comics, like a lot of them do understand where you're coming from. If you say you like DC over Marvel, but I do know what you mean. Like in certain groups, people really question that they really give you a hard time and stuff, but and I it's think mostly you do, because but, they, it's mostly because they don't know. Yeah. But I think you do do it. I think you have a really concise explanation when you're say, when you say like just the concept, like whether you like the Marvel movies more than DC, everything else in your opinion, um, you you do you do prefer DC and I I definitely understand that and I think I mean I absolutely agree I'm definitely way more of a DC fanboy than Marvel so uh, that uh, probably does what's I'll make, that I'll make this point one more time it is okay to like both and I do like both so yeah that's a <laughs> that's another big thing <laughs> it's it is it is weird how much people want to argue about this stuff isn't but, it messed uh, yeah. up that i have to say that it's okay to like both <laughs> yeah absolutely uh, and i hate the internet anyway <laughs> <laughs> okay um i guess i could roll into my last one yeah, what, do, what do you got for us okay this is um pretty vague um it's not really hating on stuff but i feel like it would really piss a lot of people off <laughs> And I feel like Drew. I feel like we might uh, butt heads a little bit on this. Now that we have, and now that we have no listeners, um, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I'm not super precious with collectibles. Um, with no. that being said, I'm I don't have like a massive like crazy collection that I would like to have. But I'm the type of guy who buys a really cool looking action figure and I open the package. And most of my comics aren't bagged and boarded. I have a couple that you know, I do want to preserve, but a lot of them I just buy as reading material and I don't take super great care of them. And I just feel like that's a, I guess I view like comics as a great example. Cause I, the value I find in comics is the reading material is the story, the art, all that. I don't, I don't necessarily um, worry as much about spending the time with bagging and boarding and stuff. And so I feel like depending on who you talk to, like a lot of people agree with this and a lot of people think it's blasphemy. I understand where you're coming from 
from both sides. Um, I will say a lot of the comics that are out there are very mass produced though. And no matter how much care you take of them, um, they're probably not going to be worth much at the same time. You never know when one of the ones you own is going to be worth a lot of money. And that's why a person like me is going to not be able to make as much reselling it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you have any comments on this. It's just, for me, it's always been about the, with collectibles, it's always been about the display rather than keeping them in the box for their value. And with comics, it's always been about the story over, uh, you know, keeping them precious and keeping them valuable. So, so here's my thoughts. For the longest, so the majority of my Star Wars toys are opened, but right, but now, like, I don't have time to play with toys. So, um, <laughs> but the collecting I do with Star Wars, all the figures I purchase now, I don't open, and it literally, like, I just I buy them and they get added to my collection and they look amazing on my shelves and that kind of thing. Um, so it kind of, it's kind of a different boat for me in terms of Star Wars. Um, in terms of other stuff, I've opened, like, I, there's a, like, cause I'm a big, I collect the black series figures. I got the black series bug bad for star Wars. And there's one of those figures that I opened cause it was just too cool not to keep, not to have them displayed on the shelf and like a cool action pose. Um, but am I going to open all these and like, what would I do with them once I open them all? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of like why I like, I'm, I am making a cool collection, but I don't need to open them. I'm, I'm okay. Not opening them. Um, in terms of comic books, I was purchasing, this is this is how my comic book uh, collecting went. As I was purchasing um, issues, and then I would get bag and board them and not read them and keep them like pristine and perfect. And then once the trade paperback or the collected graphic novel came out, I would buy that and read though that to get the content. That's a lot of money, man. Um, so I basically stopped buying issues altogether, and I only buy the trades to read the comics. Um, it made my collection cooler looking because then I had all these really nice books on the shelf that looked great. Like I just, I take care of my books when I read them, but I read them and they're well loved. And you know, like I, I want to, I, I want to read through them, but that completely changed how I like viewed purchasing comics. And it changed that collecting aspect to me completely. I collect too much stuff in general. Cause I have that collecting gene, but, um, Star Wars is really the only thing I collect anymore in terms of like going to the store and looking for it and be like, Ooh, I have to get that one. Like, Oh, the new figures are out. I got actually got to go on a toy hunt cause it's force Friday or something like that. So yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. Um, pick a vice and stick with it kind of, you know? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how else to word it other than that, but like in terms of comic books, I totally understand what you're saying, but my comic books, um, a lot of my collection um, over the years, going to conventions and stuff, a lot of my books are signed. Um, so having them bagged and bored is is a kind of a big thing for me because I have autograph signatures on a lot of them. So. Yeah, and I I absolutely agree. Like I'm not um I'm not I'm not a savage. <laughs> like like I do have some I do have some <laughs> comics bagged. And I like how you made the I like how you made the mall rats reference. <laughs> um. But like I do, I do like there are certain books that I have signature, you know, signatures of, or they're the first book in a series and stuff. And it, they are ones that I keep more precious. I think it's just the majority of them that, for the most part, are probably not going to be worth much. I'm not super precious with, and I know that can ruffle feathers. Um, I also kind of wanted to comment on the. Uh, so you're talking about like your Star Wars uh, collection and like your 
collection of black series figures looks awesome. And they're, as far as I know, it seems, you know, they all or most of them are, you know, still in the box, but the way they're displayed and stuff, what's that? All but one. Okay. (laughs) All but one is all but one is in the box. I had to open it. It was too cool to not open. So. Right. And that's, that's the thing is like, they're boxed, but they still look really awesome. And you, you know, the, clear plastic front allows you to see like really good like details on all the figures and stuff. And they, they look good in the box. Um, and if, you know, I have a couple figures that are in the box as well. Um, and they just look good displayed like that. But then one of my favorite action figures I've ever bought is a, uh, McFarlane toys, uh, Creech action figure based on the Creech comics by Greg Capullo. And that, that toy was just too cool to keep in the box. <laughs> like when I bought it, I opened it and I was just like, I feel bad opening this, but man, it just looks so much better out of the box. Cause you just have so much better of a view of the figure and it just like looks really cool. And uh, yeah, it's just one of those things. I think it just depends on how well it displays as well as like, you know, what its value is, you know? Right. But uh, yeah. All right. Well, that kind of brings us to the end of the show. Um, yeah. We ran long tonight. Um, do you <laughs> we ran a lot longer than I thought. Do you want to know what we're going to do next week? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So this is funny that we're talking about these unpopular opinions. So now we're going to talk about some more unpopular opinions so people can kind of laugh at us. That's uh, the, the reason this list came up, the, the reason I decided to do this, li- I've been waiting to do this list for a long time. Um, Interesting. And, but there's a reason it came up now and there's a story behind it, which I'll save for next week. Um, but, uh, um, we're going to do guilty pleasure movies next week. Okay. Nice. So the movies that we love, but are a little bit ashamed that we love them. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's what we're going to do next week. Any questions on that list? (laughs) Is it so it's guilty pleasures like specific movies as opposed to genres or anything like that? Uh, you can do a genre if you're like, I really like the genre and it's clearly not a popular genre, but it makes me feel good. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. And um, I think I'm okay, I'm okay with that. But like in general, like, um, you know, uh, like, uh, let me, let me pull, let me pull something. Uh, uh, Britney Spears movie Crossroads. If that is a movie you just absolutely love and you secretly watch it, um, that's a perfect example of what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, this, yeah, this is a really fun topic. Um, I like the idea of just guilty pleasure movie. I think the idea, the concept of guilty pleasures is a really interesting concept in general, which I think <laughs> we might talk a bit on the philosophies of like, should you really feel ashamed of things that you like and stuff like that. But I think this will be a really fun list and uh, I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to even pick, but uh, yeah, it'll be fun compiling that list. (laughs) Yeah. Right. It could be hard compiling that list too. All right. Well, let's um, let's bring this to a close, shall we? Um, Yeah, let's do it. um, All right, everyone check out our website, top five report.com. They'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with the link to our uh, email, top5report at gmail.com. You can interact with the show by hitting us up there, hitting us up on our social media. Either way works. 
Um, we are on Google Play, Stitcher Radio, iHeart Radio, Stitcher Podcast, Google Play, Stitcher Podcast, iHeart Radio, Apple Podcasts. Um, there you can subscribe to us. And if you do, you will not miss a single episode. Um, you can also review the show, which we love those five stars, but we understand criticism because it helps us get better and it makes the words we say feel important. Uh, mine, uh, you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Peter? Uh, yeah. Oh, I just wanted to say one last thing, too, is uh, if you guys do want to email us, like, I feel like this is an episode, like, feel free to, because maybe you think <laughs> I'm wrong for hating on Pokemon. And, like, I'm open-minded. I know Drew is, too. Like, you know, maybe yeah. you'll be able to change our minds. So, ultimately, uh, yeah, I just... Ultimately, to each his own, but everything is awesome. Yeah, and, and and we just want to be clear, we're not trying to do this out of hatred. I just thought it was a fun topic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre, and that's where I will be reminding you that since they are in common meter, you can sing Emily Dickinson's poems to the tune of the Pokemon theme song. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's another episode in the can. We will see you next week for the Top 5 Report. I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, everyone.